Hey everybody, the bonus episode that you're about to listen to is from a show that I hosted for a few months called the Newbie Photographer Podcast. And interestingly enough, the principles that are especially important for new photographers are honestly just about as important for established photographers who've been in the business for 10 or 20 years. And so on that note, whether you need a refresher, a reminder, or just an encouragement to continue to apply these principles more consistently in your business, I hope you'll find value in this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get on to the show. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Newbie Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and uh, it is good to have you here today. Happy, what day is it? Happy Wednesday. It's so crazy these days. There's so much going on, and it's easy to get lost in the week, and I didn't even realize what day it is, but happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're having a great week, and um, we're going to dig into... A conversation actually that we haven't gotten into much at all here on the Newbie Podcast. Uh, and I'm going to introduce our brand new guest here in just a second. For those of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Jump into the conversation. You can ask questions, comment, join in, take advantage of the opportunity to engage with our guest and with myself as well. We'd love you to be part of the conversation. And then for those of you that are listening to this after the fact, make sure that you come back and join us for the live streams in the future and you can keep up to date by following uh, our Instagram channel as well. Well, on that note, I do want to introduce a brand new guest today. Uh, and I, it's my privilege to actually have Leah Daniels here with me. Leah, thank you so much for coming to do the show with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, I'm so excited. I well, and, and, and myself as well, I, as, as long as I've been doing this now, podcast for six, seven years or so, uh, it's still a really cool opportunity just to get to have conversation with fellow photographers in the photography industry. I love this industry. Um, even better that collectively you and I together today get to add some value to the industry. And we're going to be talking about the significance. I'm going to kind of break the fourth wall here, but we're going to talk about the significance of, the of, of a timeline and how that relates to customer experience. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But please, if you will, introduce yourself to our listeners. would love for them to, to briefly get to know about you and your brand. Okay. Hi, um, I'm Leah Daniels. Um, I'm a wedding photographer based outside of the Scranton, Pennsylvania area. Um, a lot of people know it for the office. Um, so I always get that whenever I say where I'm from. Um, people are always like, the office, oh my God. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so uh, that's always a big thing. Um, I started uh, photographing weddings in um, 2007 unofficially. Um, my cousin asked me to photograph his wedding and uh, kind of never looked back. <laughs> Officially, I became a, a wedding photographer like for my business in 2013 after okay. I graduated with my master's. Oh, wow. What's your master's in? Um, photographic and electronic media. Really? What yeah. was your what was the, the premise for your thesis? My thesis was um, a video um, immersive experience um, called Hypnagogia, and it was about the state between wakefulness and sleep. Whoa. Very okay. weird. <laughs> well, actually, I don't think so, but I know that we could very easily get lost down that rabbit trail. So yeah. I'll, I'll set that aside for now, but that's kind of cool. Um, and, and certainly not something that I've heard many, especially photographers, talk about. So yeah, yeah. maybe another maybe another opportunity in the future yeah. that we can get into that a little bit more and tie it into the conversation. Ghosty. 
but we are, this is a series that we've been doing on the newbie podcast called I Wish I Knew. And you've got quite a bit of experience as you just explained as a yeah. professional photographer. In fact, for those listening in, I'm going to pop this up on screen real quick. But if you go to leahdanielsphotography.com, we'll link to this in the show notes, of course, at newbiepodcast.com. And then Leah Daniels Photography on Instagram. Um, I'm popping this up really quick on screen as well, Leah, your website. Y'all got to go check out Leah's work. Uh, just absolutely beautiful site. Um, I love the design. I love the simplicity. I love the color, the combination hey. of all of those things, Leah. It's really, really nice. And for those of you that may not be live streaming with us now, make sure that you go to leahdanielsphotography.com and check that out. Um, and Sue actually is already chiming in from YouTube. She says, hello from Sun Valley, Idaho. Hey, Sue, thanks for joining us. And Hi, for the rest of you that are live streaming with us, don't be shy, say hello, and certainly join the conversation by asking questions and commenting on the conversation as we go along. But Leah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Uh, these okay. are kind of short form episodes here on, on the podcast. It's a series that we've been doing called I Wish I Knew. And where I'm asking photographers who've been in business for a little bit of time or even longer to share the big idea, the principle they wish they knew more about when they first got started in their photography business. What would that be for you? So I felt that um, it was super important to have a well thought out timeline to manage the client experience. So just sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, that's, it, so it's, it's an interesting one because I'm sure a lot of wedding photographers in particular, they they they've heard at least heard of the idea before maybe they've had one or seen one in some form or fashion but assuming that we're talking to newer photographers number one when was the first time that you kind of realized the significance of this timeline was it super early like 2007 2008 or a little bit later what what did that look like so it wasn't with the first wedding that I shot it was when I started second shooting to get more of a portfolio and just like working with like people who have been in it longer and it was almost immediate I would see them like just referring to a timeline that they had written down um, and I noticed that their day would just move so much more smooth um, not only for them but for the couple and then just on the days that I was with uh, photographers who were experienced but did not have a timeline, especially during like family formals and stuff like that, you yeah. could just feel the chaos. Like it mm -hmm. just didn't feel right. The energy in the room was wrong. And I'm standing there like, <laughs> this isn't my fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Is chaos, I think a lot of photographers photographer slash artist types might say, I'm, I'm an artist type. I, I function really well in chaos. Like I don't need everything to be perfectly aligned and structured and organized. I kind of like just to kind of go with the flow, yeah. but this is a really prime example of where that doesn't actually play very well, particularly, I mean, certainly in the context of business, but more specifically in the context of the client experience, right? Yeah, for sure. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, even though, you know, we are artists and we do thrive in chaos sometimes, having that timeline just in the back of your mind, it helps you be able to flow properly through like your creative process. So like, you know, it gives you those set times where, you know, you're going to be in like a flow state. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, the flow state. And it's funny, as you were talking, I'm like, you know what, this is actually really similar to a conversation that you and I had before we actually went live today, where mm -hmm. we were talking about the outline that I sent to you ahead of time for this particular conversation for this interview. And what I said to yeah. you was, the outline gives us some direction, some structure and flow for the conversation. But the last thing that I want it to, to mean or to translate to is us being robotic, right? Nobody wants to listen to robots. And certainly when it comes to photography, the last thing that we want is robotic interactions with our customers or robotic photography for that matter that has no life, no soul, no color to it. 
So we're not talking about becoming robots. What we're talking about here is creating some structure within which to still be artists. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. hundred cool. <laughs> percent. And we've got actually Mandy is chiming in from Facebook. She says, hi from Denver, Colorado. I love Leah's work. She's been photographing my family's events since 2007 or sometime around then. Um, that's really cool. So it sounds like you got some fans out there too, Leah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm glad she tuned in. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in, Mandy. And again, for the rest of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Chime in, ask questions, comment, join the conversation. So you would say then, it's, as far as implementing timelines, you, mean you developed a little bit of awareness shortly into beginning your photography career. And did you implement those right away? What, what did that process look like of learning how to best structure those timelines? So I definitely implemented them straight away as soon as I had learned from like you know just photographers in the past like this is really really helpful that was like one of the first things that I did and when you're able to manage your clients expectations it you can give them a way better experience um so I guess I guess I could say uh with my clients I definitely give them a heads up like as soon as we're like in the interview process. Mm. So if they're reaching out, I, you know, jump on the phone with them. I always talk to them about how important it is that we set up a timeline if they decide to move forward. Um, just because it, it's just part of my process. Like it, it's just kind of is in there. I don't know how else to explain it other than like, it's just part of the process of when they book with me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and maybe this kind of sets us up for my next question, which is really how you've ultimately implemented this in, in your business. And I you know you mentioned bef to me before we get started, that you've got kind of four big ideas driving the implementation of this concept. But mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe you're going to include this in that conversation. But I'm curious, when you sit down with your clients in, in advance of that event, are you actually putting together that timeline with them? Absolutely. So when we do that initial like sit down, um, I try to figure out how much time they're going to need for a day. Um, you know, traditional weddings, if there's like a church ceremony and um, a cocktail hour, sometimes there's like two or three hours in between. Whereas with a first look um, and then a ceremony immediately after, you know, that timeline's going to look totally different. So I try to give them a heads up of how many hours of coverage that they might possibly need or want in that situation. So then once they decide to move forward, um, we talk about what's going to happen in the months coming up to it. So I'll meet up with them like three or four months ahead of time before their big day. And then we'll sit down and we'll discuss, okay, what time is your cocktail hour? Mm. What time do you want to do family portraits? What time do you want to do this? That way I can be like, okay, well, this is the time I'm arriving. You guys can like chill out, relax. I'll take care of all the details and then I'll start getting you moving and letting you know when we need to start just, you know, putting our shoes on and getting ready to go. So just having them understand that I'm there for them and I'm taking yeah. care of every single thing on the photography end. And sometimes even I'm there like helping out with other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's just who I am as a person. It yeah. just gives them a sense of relief. And that's the important part that I want them to know is that like they don't have to worry about anything well, on the day of. And that need for relief or the tendency to worry comes from something that you referenced earlier, which is not proactively managing their expectations, right? Like it's, yeah. it's one thing if we know that we're going to see some exciting movie or a horror flick for that matter, where we know we're going to be su surprised. Even in that sense, our expectations <laughs> have been managed proactively. Like we know we're going to a situation where it's going to make us a little bit nervous, a little bit scared, but we have that expectation set for us in advance. 
the last thing that people want to do is to go into a photo shoot and in particular a wedding and not know what's going to happen that sense of confusion and wonder and fear and and all the other kind of descriptors is really disconcerting to a client and not only will it affect their day but it's going to affect their perception of you as a photography and business and a brand yep <laughs> that could be troublesome as well especially if you don't perform well and that's something that i pride myself on is that i take very good care of my couples yeah well and, and it's as basic and maybe even cliche as that sounds that is absolutely everything and i can say that from personal experience as a wedding photographer for over 10 years owning a company in the industry for 15 16 years now that it's still that very basic principle still holds true whether you're a new photographer or an established photographer managing expectations and ultimately taking care of our clients is almost everything and that will translate certainly to more business if we do that proactively. So to that end, um, let's get to this, this kind of primary question here, which is how you've implemented this in the weddings that you're photographing. I know you mentioned you've got four principles. I literally have my notebook out here. I'm going to take notes. Yeah, I might so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just go for it and share those with us if you will. So I already kind of talked about it um, a little bit before. So I let them know during like the very first meeting that it's one of the most important parts of working together. Um, that's ultimately going to make the day smooth and successful for all parties involved. So that's one way I've applied it. The other way is, um, I said again, emailing them, um, setting up like a timeline with like canned emails, um, you know, just checking in with them, making sure everything's good. If they have any updates for me, um, just basically trying to get an idea of what they have set in their timeline for the day already so I can understand like what's happening that way I'm like making little notes for myself making sure you know I understand you know oh well what time are the flowers going to be there because I want to make sure that you know I have that taken care of yeah um you know what time is your first look going to happen we need to talk about that um but at the latest we usually meet um about two months ahead of time and then about a week before the big day okay. to talk about the timeline to make cool. sure that everything's sorted, what time I'm arriving, what time I'm leaving, what their expectations are of me, um, and what I expect to be doing. Um, the third one is um, <laughs> obviously knowing whether or not they want that first look or a traditional ceremony thing, understanding um, what time those things are happening, obviously. These, this is for like people who have like no idea what's going on with like a traditional wedding. You yeah. need to like figure this stuff out before you go into it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that it just blows my mind when people don't come prepared for family portraits. Um, so I try to get a list ahead of time, um, ahead, basically with all of the mixtures of like, you know, dynamics of the family. I try to get a list of who's going to be in the pictures, um, you know, is it going to be a little bit of an extended family or is it just going to be immediate? And I try to get their first names because, you know, when I call mom, you know, everybody's going to turn around. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you try to call like Barbara or Ann or something yeah. like that. So making sure that you have all of those groupings ahead of time and then calling people by their first name. That way it moves faster, moves more smooth and just makes it easy. You can kind of just organize those groupings in like the most efficient way possible. So you can just po start popping people in and out and the couple just has to stand there and we just kind of move people in and out and make sure that they smile and everybody's smiling and looks nice. 
Um, someone always goes missing though. Does that happen for you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like Uncle Joe went to like yep. the bar and somebody's like, where's Joe? <laughs> yep, absolutely. So yeah, that always happens. But you know, that's just something that is a hiccup in the day. But that I find is the most chaotic um, and the most stressful for my couples. I'm not sure if that is across the board, but it's just funny to see how like stressed out they get, even when we've planned like, you know, well ahead to make sure that, you know, everybody's going to be there and everybody is told yeah. to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always have a go-to person, um, either my assistant or someone who's not in the family, who's not going to be in the pictures to kind of help me out, um, to call these people forward or to run and get Joe that went to the bar. So that way nobody from the image is like running out to kind of ruin right. anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> go get Joe. Go get Uncle Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of like the things that I've done. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about any of those things. Um, yeah. I kind of ramble on, so I can I can get lost in my own head when I'm. It's totally about good. These there's things. well, there's so much to talk about. Being a wedding photographer, it's it's. Um, I mean, I think it's important to actually simplify, kind of distill it down to some of the main concepts and principles that drive what being an effective photographer in general, wedding photographer, portrait photographer, otherwise, um, what those primary principles are. But when we talk about a timeline and these kind of four big ideas, I'm just going to run back through them really quick for everybody listening in and, and for the show notes as well. But number one, um, just creating awareness for the client's sake, creating awareness of the fact that you're going to be implementing a timeline up front. And... I guess this kind of begs the question for me too here at this first point. Are you usually involving a coordinator in the creation of the timeline as well? Do you work with coordinators a lot? Because I know some photographers do, others don't. It depends on the type of clients and so forth. Yeah. Um, when they do have a coordinator, um, I am working with them. I still create my own timeline um, because I just bring that along with me because I don't need to see everything else that's going on, you know, okay. like table setup and all that stuff. Um, but I will look through the coordinator's um, keynotes, especially okay. when I'm involved. Um, and the coordinator, myself, and um, the couple usually meet on like uh, a Zoom call or something like that, just so we can all kind of get an idea of what's going on. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I think by default, when I think timeline, I immediately think about the coordinator's timeline. And probably the last four or five years, maybe or so of my wedding photography career, I was working with a coordinator a lot more of the time. And so usually we were using that, that timeline that the coordinator had created and kind of running off of that. Now there were instances certainly where there's not a coordinator involved and we essentially become the photographer and the coordinator. <laughs> You've probably had that experience. And Always. speaking of, yeah, speaking of chaos, that can definitely be chaotic. But when you're talking about a timeline, you're more specifically talking about than a timeline for the photography itself. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Like totally and separate from what the coordinator is doing. Interesting. Okay. That's really interesting. So then how do you, how do you, I guess, communicate the differentiation between that and then the coordinator's timeline and sync that all with the client's understanding and expectations? Or does that seem to be much of a challenge? It's not usually a challenge. It's usually okay. like, um, if they send me what the coordinator already has, I say, oh, okay, you know, I already have one for myself. Um, you know, we're gonna go over this as well. It may be redundant <laughs> because you might have answered a lot of these questions already. Yeah. But um, some of it's really important for me to know. But after they understand that, oh, okay, like you need one for yourself as well. Mm. Um, it's just kind of a little bit better for them to understand like, hey, you know, I get you have all of this other stuff going on. Um, you know, like maybe the caterer needs to know what time they need to drop off appetizers or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't need to know that. So mm -hmm. it's just totally separate and they understand that. 
Okay, that's cool. So you're creating awareness up front that you're going to be implementing a timeline. And would you say that your shot list is part of that timeline or do you treat your shot list separately? Um, I'd say the shot list is included for okay. sure. Um, if they have special requests, um, I'll include that in my digital timeline that I carry with me. And then also I print out a paper one as well in case for some reason my you know phone or iPad isn't working for the day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, sorry, okay. I lost my train of thought there. But <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that makes sense though. Okay, so number one, creating awareness of just the use of the timeline itself. So everybody's kind of on the same page. The clients are aware that you're gonna be using this, implementing it, they know what that means. Then the second point that you made was um, the importance of ongoing check-ins. You said two months out and then a week before, is that right, that you're kind of the two primary check-ins? Yes. Um, okay. Sometimes they want to do it earlier where they're like six months ahead and they're just like ready to get planning. They're excited. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're excited and rightfully so. So I just meet up with them whenever they want, honestly. But my plan is about two months ahead because at that point they have most of the information ready and they're just kind of like, you know, just confirming final things at that portion of the planning process. Sure. That makes sense. Okay, so the importance of ongoing check-ins, and, and that's really, I think that's important. Again, when we talk about managing expectations, communication, it doesn't matter what relationship that, that we're talking about, professional, personal, or otherwise, ongoing proactive communication is absolutely vital to a good relationship, and especially when uh -huh. it comes to managing expectations. So I think it's a great reminder for everybody, especially newer photographers. Third was establishing kind of the first look protocol. What would you say like percentage-wise split, the percentage split between seeing each other before the wedding, before the ceremony versus, you know, at the ceremony being the first time? What has that been for you? Um, in this area, they're more traditional. So I go to a lot of church weddings. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a lot of traditional influence here. But um, with that said, a lot of them do like to meet ahead of time before the ceremony. So it's kind of cool to get that like mix of, you know, not so traditional with traditional. Sure. Um, but I'd say like 60-40. Okay. So what that does then, it ultimately pushes, puts more pressure, at least from my experience anyway, when, when the couple's not seeing each other beforehand, that means most, if not all, the portraits get pushed to after the fact. I mean, you can photograph the bride and then the bride with bridesmaid, maybe the bride with her family, but you got a lot to do, I'll just put it that way, after yeah. the ceremony, which oh, yeah. adds a bit more pressure <laughs> to you as, as the photographer. I mean, I remember you know situations where I literally had like five minutes to photograph the couple afterwards. And I kind of welcomed the challenge. I liked being like having to work quickly because I knew I could get really great images very quickly, especially if I had planned ahead. But at the same time, that can be stressful. Like when you're taking pictures here and the, the coordinator's yelling at you, like, you know, the family's waiting, the, the reception, like the cocktail hour is done. You need to be over here. And you're like, we're, we're just trying to do our job here. But uh, pressure can get really high. To that, ex to that, I guess, conversation, you talked about the importance of, for number four, um, the, a personal knowledge of the family details is how I wrote it down, kind of summed it up. I remember when I used to do consultations with our couples before the wedding, I would go through, I think it was like a four, let's see, one, I'm thinking back through these old paper um, consultation forms that I use, one, two, three, four, at least a four page form. And it was a lot of questions and we were getting a lot of detail, including the kind of things you're talking about, names of parents or significant yeah. family members, any like drama that might be going on in the family. So we're aware of who maybe we should be putting together yeah. in advance as well. But what I'm kind of getting to at the end is when we get to the actual portrait session, the, the power of being able to engage with these people by their first name and with some understanding of the context of the relationships, the significance of those relationships to the bride and or the groom is really, really 
impactful when it comes to developing is what you were talking about earlier, this client experience. Like if, if you're just there mm -hmm. as a robotic photographer, just taking, you know, pushing a shutter on the camera, the difference between that for the client experience and somebody who's engaging with them, not only in a very friendly manner, but a very personal manner and being able to engage them with first name. It's just amazing the impact that can make. Yeah, for sure. Wholeheartedly, like yeah. honestly, um, especially if there's little kids involved. Um, mm. I try to get involved with them so that they feel comfortable um, because that does get a little stressful um, because sometimes they don't want to be photographed or anything like that. And they're just like nervous because all these people are looking at them. And um, I try to just make them comfortable with me rather than with the camera in their face. I just say, hey, my name's Leah. I'm going to be taking your picture. Are you okay with me taking your photo? Like, yeah. can you smile big for me? And then yeah. I usually let them stand with mom or whoever they're comfortable with and mm -hmm. going from there. And mm -hmm. then just making sure that, you know, the bride or the groom gets, you know, photos with, you know, if they have a good connection with their grandma or grandpa, or if they know that there is, this might be like one of the last events that a certain family yeah. member will be at, you know, I try yeah. to focus on them as well. Yeah. That's, that's huge. The other thing mm -hmm. and I, I know, well, I just, I'm curious to get your take on this because as I'm thinking back to when I was photographing and working with these families, the energy that we bring to that environment, first of all, the attention to details, like we were just talking about super, super important, great baseline. But then the energy that we actually bring to that environment, especially if we have limited time, where other not only we are feeling mm -hmm. the pressure and the stress, but certainly the family members, the bride and groom, they're feeling the pressure and the stress as well. Don't have a ton yeah. of time. As a photographer or photographers, we have the opportunity to really set the tone for that shoot. And if we want to create the best possible client experience, we need to actually take ownership of that, I think. Because we have the ability to, to lead with the tone, the way that we're engaging, to set a really friendly, excited, high energy even tone for that experience. It could only be 10 minutes long, but if yep. that's their experience with you, they're just gonna, it's funny how people who don't even see the pictures in the back of your camera are assuming that you're just a great photographer because they just had a really cool experience interacting with you who is really friendly and high energy and it's fun and it was easy and we got through the pictures really quick and it was low stress. That makes <laughs> all the difference in the world, right? Do, do you take yeah. that approach? Oh gosh, yeah. I think like I, I always say I put on my teacher voice because I have to shout really loud sometimes and <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, oh, like, who is that? <laughs> this yep. lady's telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then after I get everybody's attention, I usually exactly like what you said, um, you know, we're going to get through these really quickly. We're mm -hmm. going to make sure you guys get onto the party, get onto the fun. But for now, just listen to me. And if your name's called, you know, blah, 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 like, come on up. We're going to get you snapped and ready to go. Um, so I mean, I have high energy all the time, so <laughs> I try to like bring that into the day. And even mm. if I am a little like flustered, I try to make everybody, you know, smile or, you know, just laugh at something stupid that I said so well, that I, they have a good experience. Yeah. And, and that's, but you're, you're doing that intentionally, right? And, and mm -hmm. I think this is really important to note, especially in the photography industry where so many photographers would call themselves introverts and we all know what that means. So I, won't, <laughs> I don't need to go into detail, but what unfortunately happens then is somebody says, I'm an introvert. So they put themselves in this little tiny box, which does not involve high energy, super engaging. They're just like, I'm quiet and I'm not really comfortable around new people. And so this is just how I approach it. And the reality is that may work to a point, but if we're trying to create, intentionally create a really great experience for the people on the other side of us, we just simply need to learn how to do that. I'm not naturally yeah. like the, the life of the party guy myself. I don't, I'm not, I'm comfortable talking to people, but I'm yeah. not naturally the life of the party, super high energy all the time type of personality per se, 
but I know what it's like to be on the other side, especially again, in a stressful situation to be on the other side of somebody who actually cares enough to bring some energy to that interaction, whether it's for five minutes or 20 minutes and set that tone. And so I think it's really good for all of us as photographers to keep that in mind when we go into those shoots. Yeah, for sure. One last quick question for you here before we finish up. You mentioned um, the idea of bringing your notes along, some type of a form or document mm -hmm. with your phone or your iPad where you're keeping track, I'm assuming, of the timeline and the shots if, if there are any specific requests. Do you use yeah. a particular piece of software for that or just a document? What does that look like? <laughs> just a document. It's nothing special. I usually just do, I try to explain it like a um, hour by hour like playbook of sorts. Um, I'm a visual learner as well. So like if I see how things are like timed out, mm -hmm. um, I understand like how much time I have left. And then sometimes I surprise myself and I have like 20 minutes, um, of just like quiet time and I'm like, <laughs> this is really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at, at that point I already have things done so I can take a break. I can go get a water. I can, you know, snack on some Cheez-Its or something like that. <laughs> Cheez-Its? Is that the yeah, snack Yeah, I don't know. I don't even eat uh, Cheez-Its. Okay. <laughs> I know some people that like, they, like gummy bears or you know something like that that they're bringing along. Do you have a go-to yeah. snack? Yeah, I love um, Welch's fruit snacks. My because I just snag them out of my kids' snack cabinet. So I was gonna I, say I that those. immediately takes me back to like school lunches when I was a kid. Yes. The little yeah <laughs> packets of. I open my lunch bag and I'm so excited I get to see those. So there's a little bit of a throwback. That's fun. Yeah, they're really tasty. You should go get some. <laughs> oh, okay, deal. <laughs> well, I, I just I wanted to kind of come back to that. I was actually thinking about how. I mean, this is way back before iPhones. So back in like 2003, 2004, five, when it was, you know, kind of the, the old school so-called smartphones that we had back then, Blackberries or otherwise. Yeah. When it wasn't a common thing to have these devices, I would even then I would make sure to try to sync whatever document that I was using or a picture mm -hmm. of that document that I photographed for the shot list, the timeline or both so that I could reference that kind of have a, a cheat sheet along with me because I'm not naturally really great at remembering you know, a million different names. And so at the very least, I need that as a frame of reference when I'm going to these sessions. And then certainly for the timeline, the shot list and so forth. So I would encourage any photographer out there to make sure that you have some way and ideally a backup too. you know, if, if it backs up to your watch and to your phone. So you've got backups, but a cheat sheet that you can take along with you so you can reference this information because it really does make all the difference in the world when you can interact with these clients and their families in a very personal level. Yeah, I usually send it to um, my assistant who's there with me, my associate. Um, so they'll have it. Sometimes they'll print it out. So we have like a whole bunch of backups. So it's really, really nice. Sometimes they'll take a photo of it on their camera. Yeah. Um, so it's everywhere. Perfect. Well, this has been super practical and, and I hope really helpful for our listeners as well. And Leah, I really appreciate you doing this. Will you just remind our listeners one more time where they can find and follow you online? All the things. Yeah, all the things. Um, you can find me usually hanging out on Instagram at Leah Daniels Photography. Um, I'm also on TikTok, just being weird and goofy. Um, that's Leah Daniels Photography as well. Facebook's the same. And my website's just leahdanielsphotography.com. Perfect. We got that up there on the screen. Of course, we'll put this in the show notes. I appreciate everybody listening in. Thank you so much. Have an absolutely wonderful Wednesday. Yay. We'll see everybody soon. <laughs>